Hello everyone, welcome back to What the Fintech, your Fintech Figure Show. I'm today on a special episode here in Bangkok with Yann, my friend. We are working together for a couple of months with Money2020. How are you, Yann? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very happy to have you here because... Uh, I'm very of, happy to be here. Most of the time we are like uh, on Google Meets or by WhatsApp, right? Yeah, and this is exciting because it's the world tour of Bangkok, you know, so, for Money2020, right? Can you explain what is it exactly? Oh, well, you know, this is, you know, it's over a year to mm. the actual event that we're going to be at Queen Sirikit National Convention Center, and that's our actual show. So this year, I mean, this time around, we're going to have a press announcement to tell you know the people of the world that you know that we are going to be in Bangkok and we're going to have the show in Bangkok and with the amazing speakers and and one of the speakers is like you know Mega from D Money. Definitely, he's one of, of your friends, right? Oh yes, of course. Yes. yes, yes <laughs> Hi Mega, yeah. how are you today? Hi Mehdi, it's a pleasure to be here. So Mehdi, you can introduce her a bit uh, quickly. Oh yes, of course. Mega is of course co-founder of D-Money and you know everybody in Thailand knows D-Money. <laughs> Come on, it's Thailand's number one cross-border payment, you know, uh, money transfer mm-hmm. company. Mega, maybe you'd like to just you know, introduce yourself as well. Well, thank you. I think you've done a great job with yeah. that, Ian. Thank you. Uh, yes, I am the co-founder of D-Money. Um, we are Thailand's largest and uh, fastest growing fintech specializing in cross-border payments. So maybe you can share a bit more about your background, who you are, what you have done before, and what brings you to that position. What is your job at D-Money? Okay. Well, prior to um, founding D-Money, uh, so at D-Shop, our, our parent company was in the telecoms industry, and we did calling cards. You know, I think we're all old enough to remember <laughs> what that, that was. Um, so we had dialing apps, calling cards, and that business got disrupted quite significantly um, overnight almost, you know, with Skype was already there, but with like WhatsApp calls and other OTT providers that came in and seeing the trajectory that a lot of telecom companies globally were following, um, moving from telecoms into remittance spaces, we then in 2014 approached the Bank of Thailand to say, you know, um, this is the global trajectory is there any space for non-banks here in Thailand to come into this business? And at that time, it did not exist. Um, so we pivoted into another business in the interim uh, because we had huge telecom infrastructure. We had over 2 million customers, um, both you know individuals and enterprise that we were servicing. And um, we went into a different business stream called, you know, cloud communication. We have a new business that came out of that called Cloud D, new company. But during that time, we were still working with the regulators and really pushing to allow for non-banks to come in um, to this space. And we finally were awarded the license in 2017. And in 2018, we went to market. And you have yeah. a lot of questions, I'm sure, today. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, Money 2020, I mean, we, you know, embraces, you know, gender diversity, inclusivity, and of course, women empowerment. I mean, seeing you and, you know, being one of the co-founders of D-Money, I think that really inspired, I'm sure it inspires a lot of Medis, you know, audience that, you know, you know, that you have done so much and being able to get the license from Bank of Thailand, I think that it's not a small feat at all. So what do you think that it's your secret formula or, you know, what makes you that you're so brave, lack of a better word, <laughs> that to venture into this where, you know, there are not that many female who are actually doing this? Thank you. Um, I think that really does mean a lot. And I, I would say, 
you know, they say courage is being scared, but doing it anyway, right? Um, so at that time, because our business, our telecoms business was so significantly disrupted, it almost felt like there was no choice. Like we had to find something to keep the business. So it's a business my husband and I run together. And we had three, young, at that time, three very young children. So it's a matter of saying, okay, this is, you know, this is our business. Where are we going to go with this? And um, so I think very much, you know, what we, it was a huge challenge to get the license, first of all. But looking back, I think that was the easiest part of the journey um, because the license is one step. You're opening the door. But actually launching in this market where we were the first to go to market as a digital first product. We were the first to launch a mobile app to facilitate cross-border payments. Um, it almost felt like we had like a butter knife cutting down a forest. And, um, you know, whether it was a support from the industry or the ecosystem, in the initial days, that was a very big challenge to work with. You know, it's... You know, I can see almost like, you know, hearing you, like, you know, your personal experience together with your family to actually build this business really, I'm sure, you know, it really inspires me at least, you know what I mean? And thank you very much for that. But I think my next question will be like, you know, from what you have experienced being an entrepreneur for so many years, um, what do you think it's D-Money's um, USV that, that you can become or you became Thailand's number one money transfer? I really believe that revolutionizing or, or trying to run any sort of revolution starts with a very simple desire, and that's the strive for offering something greater than what is present. And we were very clear that we were not going into the market as a me too. We were going in there to offer something better for the end users, whether it's more convenience you know, via an app, whether it's something that's more economical and affordable with our industry first flat fee of 125 baht, which is not even $3. Um, and then we also, you know, I think it always comes back to looking at what does a customer want? What are the pain points that we can solve for them? And keeping a hyper focus on this has helped us revolutionize, disrupt the market and become number one, um, because that is what we always come back down to. Yeah. Um, you spoke earlier about the, uh, the challenge to get the license and it was uh, an early stage uh, challenge for you. Did you have after this a lot of challenges uh, growing your company and having you know, like the customer acquisition or developing the different products? Yes, absolutely. Um, so when we went to market, we were looking very much at the migrant markets, you know, focusing very much on the Cambodian migrants and the um, migrants from Myanmar who live in Thailand. It's a huge market. Right. So we opened branches and in industrial uh, locations and really went out there to, you know, our tellers were um, they became co-ambassadors. They would go out and try to educate the market. So everyone was wearing multiple hats at that time. And it was um, a big challenge because we we assumed that there was a product market fit with the migrant community. But we didn't realize that they're actually, we're not actually solving any pain points for them. They have a network of trust that they use to send money back home. So we weren't really bringing any value to them. And maybe with the documentation, as easy as it was, 
um, you know, to onboard, to come. And it was new, right, to, to uh, register, to use our services. Um, so it was a bit of an uphill battle. While we were focusing on this, there was an organic growth of, you know, more professional customers, expats who started using us by word of mouth. And that was a big surprise. And that's how we learned that, you know, we, we, we understood that there's a market, this is, this is applicable to everyone. It's not just migrants, but there's a huge market who is already sophistic, sophisticated enough to be a first mover. You know, they're the low-hanging fruits. We can really work with them to grow and to learn as well as, um, you know, provide this offering. How do you work on the iteration of your product and your services? Because you have different kind of targets, segment mm -hmm. targets, right? Mm -hmm. um, does this iteration work for all those uh, people using your platforms? Or do you have like specific product, for example, for expat and specific product also for those migrants? Well, I think one of the hallmarks of fintechs um, is a standardization of product, right, across users. And, and that allows us to be consistent. You know, we give the same service to a migrant and the same service to a professional worker. And that's what a digital product allows you to do. Um, other than localizing it to their language, which we do, we have it in Burmese, we have it in a few languages, our app. Um, the iterations always come back down to how do we make this the most simple and efficient process for any end user? I am, you know, the, the current trend, of course, you know, I always say that, you know, um, especially after the G20 summit, as I mentioned, and we were talking, you know, just before the recording that, you know, uh, since last year, November, uh, the five ASEAN countries coming together and they have signed an MOU about this cross-border payment, how to improve, you know, uh, this, uh, hopefully that you'll be able to, to have a system that actually allows cross-border payment efficiently. Um, as, you know, a private fintech company like D-Money, um, what do you see the trends that are happening and how are you, I mean, it's like, you know, the future, how do you see it actually evolves? I think in terms of what, you know, G20 and, and or what we call Project Nexus, right? Um, what they're trying to achieve is G2G transfers. Um, but beyond that, I think what, is more exciting as a fintech and what we're looking forward to is um, how such collaborations and partnerships will really um, focus on the key challenges of cross-border payments, which is you know, reducing costs across the board, um, increasing access, improving transparency, and, um, and just improving the overall experience for customers through transparency, right? So, the more this becomes a focus on a government-to-government -government level, this becomes a narrative and a focus for everyone in the ecosystem. At the end of the day, the customers win. And, and because we are so focused, hyper-focused on customer experience and you know, very customer-centric, I am actually looking forward to what this will do for the ecosystem as a whole. So I would like to ask you a question about the unique proposition that you have and how you differentiate your company or the, the acquisition of your customers or services you deliver to your customer compared to other competitors on the market. Okay. Um, well, as I mentioned before, we have an industry-first flat fee. So that was a key differentiator, um, surely. And what we've done is also we have a next-day guarantee, 
which other financial services do not guarantee when the money will arrive in the receiver account, but we do. Um, because, you know, we, we've, transparency has always been something we have adhered to from day one and just wanting to ensure that customers feel in as much control as they can of their funds. They know exactly when it will arrive. They know exactly how much will arrive. There's no beneficiary deductions. And, um, and I, and I, and I think one of the key offerings we also have, you know, we have uh, our own treasury unit in house. And which means we, when the rates swing in our favor and the Thai bot is, you know, in a great position, we pass those savings on to our customers. We, we run flash rate promotions, which has been come to, you know, a lot of customers wait for this. It's become a very popular promotion. And if you go and read our reviews, a lot of customers talk about this and commend it. So I think we're, we've really been able to stand by our promise, which is being a partner, wanting to do what's best for our customers. I mean, I'm always amazed and, you know, how fintech entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, how you strive, you know, and I mean, it's been like, what, five years or six years? Uh, I'm sure that, you know, it has been quite a journey. And I think our audience would like to sort of like, if you have to hear, if you have one big lessons or two, if you can share with them, what are the lessons and, you know, how can they learn from you? Um, that's, uh, okay, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> so I think what I've learned is you don't need to know everything to start. I think a lot of us do feel like we need to know enough before we jump into anything. And the reality is when we launched this business, neither myself or, nor my co-founder are from the finance um, industry. We don't come from this industry, um, but we were very clear about our mission, you know, which is to offer something better, as simple as that. And how do we go about it? And I think in today's world, we have so much knowledge and information at our fingertips that there's really no excuse to say, well, I don't know enough about that. And the second thing I would say is just focus on putting one foot in front of the other. Um, baby steps. You know, baby steps can take us further than one big leap even because sometimes it's hard to take that, bi that big leap, right? So just baby steps. Um, it will take you further than you can imagine. Um, how do you use technology and innovation for, um, you know, proposing new services and leveraging on new technology to reach out to all your customers? Well, I think innovation really is the only currency that startups have. And um, we, we, are, we believe very much in, in being innovative and being light-footed and being agile because the landscape is constantly evolving and very quickly as well. So, um, you know, one of the key advantages we have in an emerging market uh, like Thailand, which is growing into its maturity as a fintech uh, industry, we do look to global trends and global markets and other players to see what is happening and seeing how we can adapt that to our market here. 
So um, that's one of the key advantages I would say we have as an emerging market. Um, and as I said, it's it's constantly evolving. The, the requirements of customers, you know, when we first launched in 2018, digital money transfer, even domestically, was not yet adopted to the level that it is today. So back then it was still, you know, people were still very um, wary of, of using apps as much um, and, and still preferred branch-based um, transactions. Whereas today, it's been hardly five years, and I think Thailand is one of the highest, um, you know, uh, has one of the highest statistics right now in terms of prompt pay users and domestic, uh, our domestic rail, right? So um, it's incredible to see how fast things change. And so it's important to be completely innovative at all times have great talent to help us navigate and to stay agile. Um, but yeah, if you don't innovate, where do you go? <laughs> yeah. So it's critical. I mean, you brought up a very good um, point on talent. I mean, how do you see that? You know, because I think we also have a crunch of talents who are, you know, well-versed in this, you know, fintech uh, area. So, you know, is D-Money facing this? Or if, if so, then, you know, how do you actually seek for more new talents or to come to work for you guys? Yes, I think this is an ongoing, you know, challenge for anyone and everyone in, in this industry. Um, because again, we're such a small industry and we're still growing. Uh, and I think what we've learned is anyone who joins a company like D-Money has to be willing to unlearn a lot of what they know because you know, if you're hiring someone who's had experience in a bank, the banking culture, the way they go about, um, you know, whether it's innovation or, or just, you know, servicing customers, it is very different from the way we go about things. So there is a lot of unlearning that needs to happen and a lot of relearning. And so talent, not only do they have to be skilled, they have to have the right attitude, right? To be willing to unlearn, to be willing to relearn. Um, so that's, it's, it's a and, challenge. And, and you perfectly set the best example. I mean, it's like, remember when you shared your story with us, is that you don't know anything about the financial yes. industry, yes. right? So that's where you, you know, de-learn and relearn and yes. look where has it, you know, where like you are now. <laughs> it goes with my branding. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, whenever we meet our new, um, uh, new, we call, we call ourselves Gen D. So we, whenever we meet new Gen D members, that's one of the key things we talk about is you don't need to know everything from the start, but you've got to be willing to learn, you know, and uh, I think it served us very well. And especially right now with the chat GPT and all the oh, new generative yes. applications, everyone start to learn new skills, not from school, but directly from the, uh, yes, the yes. market and internet. Absolutely. I have a question because we, sp we spoke about uh, Thailand market, but you also mentioned that uh, most of the people using your applications are also sending the money overseas mm -hmm. on the country uh, close to uh, to Thailand. Um, do you have also operation on other countries like Myanmar, Cambodia, or all those countries, or do you ex plan to extend your to do an expansion of your of your of your product and services to this country? Yeah. So right now we do, we have two um, streams as we call it, right? So for the outbound service, we send money, help uh, users who have Thai bank accounts send money overseas um, all over the world. 
Then we also have Inbound, where we partnered with over 60 uh, players like ourselves, including some, you know, some of the big cross-border payment companies, and we process their transactions into the country. Um, so we're very global in that way. And in terms of expansion into this region, um, I think you always look at expanding, and that's definitely something that would be on the cards if it works with um, our core offerings and you know the regulators. Is there anything that um, D Money is going to explore, as in like you know providing newer solutions to, and that which you can share with our audience? Absolutely, we're actually very excited um, because later this year we are going to be launching with Visa. We recently partnered with Visa. We're a principal member of their fintech program, and we will be launching Visa Direct, which overnight takes us to three billion plus endpoints that we can send money into. That's incredible. Thank you. We are very excited. Um, do you have any plan of an existing product uh, for new solutions or services coming to the market? Yeah, so um, other than Visa Direct, uh, next year we are planning to roll out our wallet. We recently were awarded this e-money license, as they call it here in Thailand, which means we will have our own wallet. And once that is out in the market, then um, I think the roadmap becomes even more exciting as to the rest of the products that we could roll out. That's a separate license. It is it? a separate license. Is it by the Bank of Thailand? Also yes. by the Bank of Thailand, yes. So we spoke a, a lot about Bank, Bank of Thailand and regulations uh, indirectly on this discussion. Yes. How is it for you to work with regulators? So I think compliance is, is a culture, right? And it's not just um, confined to one unit or one team. It's got to be shared across uh, across the front line, across the back office. So it's a governance culture that we really adhere to. And um, we really believe highly in keeping very strong relationships with our regulator because we are united in wanting to bring about better services for our country. You know, this is something we're very committed to and they are a fantastic partner for us on that. Um, but of course, we need to be as innovative and you know, offer the best solutions as we can while keeping the higher, highest standards of security and privacy and safety for the consumers. So the Bank of Thailand is a critical partner, a critical stakeholder in this endeavor. Are you working also with uh, other regulators from other countries? Because each country has its regulation, right? So, so um, we, we don't... Um, we work with partners who have to work with their regulators. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, hearing when you say that you work with Bank of Thailand, because, you know, I personally have experience working with, you know, regulators in Singapore as well. And, you know, that's being responsible. Yes. You know, I mean, I think that that also shows that D-Money cares for the, you know, your users because they're protected. Right. So that that is, yeah, that's amazing to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. In your opinion, in three years down the road, you know, where, how do you see the cross-border payment industry is going to evolve to? Well, I think, you know, um, the Financial Stability Board put out this white paper on the key challenges that they want addressed by 2030, which, you know, addresses cost, access, transparency, and speed. 
and really bringing this down cost, you know, no more than 3%, speed no more than an hour. Um, I do see this having a very large impact on how, you know, much, I think people will start making transactions a lot more frequently and perhaps even smaller ticket sizes, which is very different to what we've seen in the past couple of years. Um, I actually have a really funny story about this, um, if I'm care to share. To share. Uh, you know, someone was sharing about how in the past it was so difficult to make payments cross-border that a father ended up sending four years worth of tuition to his 18-year-old in one go and saying, just park it there. I don't want to have to go through the hassle of con you know, constantly having to send it to you. And of course, that didn't go down very well. You give an 18-year-old that much money. There wasn't much left for it by the time year three, I think, came around. But that's that's how far we've come, where, you know, from really, you know, not wanting to go through the hassle of making payments to now it's so easy and I can send maybe, you know, $30, I can send $50 as I want. In fact, hundreds of transactions that we're already seeing are what we would call microtransactions on our platform, which we classify as less than 1,100 baht, around $30. So I think this is going to be a big trend. You know, sending money overseas will be as easy as domestic payments yeah. that we're all that, that, that story with. actually I can relate to because that was what happened when my dad sent me the money oh my as goodness. well. Yes. But, but I didn't use the money. <laughs> oh, well done. I was going to say, how many years <laughs> no, did no, no, it no, stay no, here? Account for? Fantastic. Thank you so much you know, for being here. And I'm, yeah, I'm just so honored to speak to you. Today. Thank you. It yeah. was my honor to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having uh, me. I'm very sorry because we can speak for one yes. hour or two hours. <laughs> well. like a very long version, but we have an event to go. Yes, uh, so thank absolutely. you very much for coming today. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Special thanks for you because you helped <sighs> me to you. have like, this uh, amazing, engaging conversation. Yes, of course. And Anytime. thank you very much, everyone. everyone. Uh, this is the end of this episode of What the Fintech at the Money 2020 World Tour in Bangkok. And I will see you soon for another episode. Bye-bye.